Thank you so much for listening to the Creating Powerful All Impact All right, hello podcast. and welcome to another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm your host, Shay Wheat, founder of Grace and Ease Productions. And today I have the amazing, the talented, the outstanding don't worry, Kevin, you're going to stand up to all of these things. Uh, Kevin Paul Mary, who is the founder and co-host of the Next Level University podcast. Now, early in his life, Kevin found, quote unquote, success. But after a brush with a near death um, suicide realization, he was finding out that living a life, he was realizing that he was living a life he just didn't truly want. And what he really became passionate about was self-improvement. And he decided to really make his purpose in life to just impact as many people as possible by becoming a role model and a podcaster and a speaker. And that's why I'm excited about him being on today's show, because he is out there creating powerful impact. Now he has succeeded to make his podcast one of the top 100 with over, get this, 1,300 episodes. And he's also listed listed in over 125 countries. Now, he has taken his life to the next level and achieved both personal and professional success. So I'm excited to have Kevin join us on Creating Powerful Impact Stage. What's going on, Kevin? Another day in paradise, Shay. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate the kind words and let's hope I can live up to the introduction. That is the goal. That is the goal here. That is the goal. No, but in all reality, like I'm excited to have you here because, you know, you you kind of had success and then you're like, is this really what I want my life to be like? And now you've been on this self-discovery of you know, what is, what is life? What are my beliefs? What are my worth? What is my relationships? How do I want this to look? And I would love for you to share with us, um, you know, what is that for you? What has transpired since those dark moments to where you are now? And then I definitely want to dive into a little bit more about relationships and possibly habits. Yeah, it's very interesting because when I found quote unquote success, yeah, I didn't even know what success was because I had never really defined it with clarity. Mm-hmm. I assumed X amount of dollars equals X amount of success. So if I make more money, I'll be more successful. And yeah, maybe financially so, but not holistically, not um, with an identity perspective, not when it comes to self-belief, self-worth. There's a lot more to success than I think I I understood. So honestly, the the thing I really started to do in the beginning when all of this started to unravel and I went to the drawing board and said, what do I do? I just started asking myself, why? Why do I get insecure around certain people? Why do I feel really confident around certain people? Why do I feel super insecure at the bar, but I feel like Superman at the gym? Why? Why? Why is that? And what can I do with the answers that I am provided with if I sit in the discomfort long enough. That was the first thing I ever did. And then I started to like track my habits and I started learning every day for 30 minutes. And now six years later, I am a completely different human that I don't even know if that version of Kevin would recognize. Hmm. And it's just understanding. I'm obviously we'll talk more about habits, but just understanding the things that you're doing every day are creating your future. They're not creating your present. Really what you did six months ago is where you are today. Like that's why you're where you are. So 
that understanding just was very, very, very powerful to me. And just trying to stay consistent, doing the right things over a long enough period of time, it really is the most productive thing you can do. Mm -hmm. I I think I was uh, watching something or reading something where those in the military are super successful in everything else that they, you know, kind of put their mind to is because they have these habits Hmm. because they end up taking maybe the mundane out of it or the decision-making and leaving those decision-making powers to the bigger things versus like, what time do I get up? And am I going to go to the gym right now? Or am I going to do it at 12 o'clock versus seven o'clock? And is that kind of what you kind of found in your habit creation as well? Yeah. It's interesting because I was already fairly good at habits because I was a bodybuilder. So I, you know, going to the gym and not eating enough food and doing a lot of cardio, like that was pretty easy for me. I already had that kind of baked in. The thing that really elevated me was saying, okay, what are the goals I want to accomplish this year? Then I break those down into quarterly goals. And then I break those down into, okay, well, what are the daily habits? Mm -hmm. So like post on social media, learn for 30 minutes, you know, um, meet with a prospect, whatever it is. It's interesting how, if you do that stuff for a week, nothing happens really, right? You can go to the gym for a week. Nothing's really going to happen. It just doesn't work that way. But if you do the right things in the right way for the right amount of time, that's when things start to get a little bit weird if you, if you're doing the right thing. So yeah, I really think of it from the perspective of don't, don't just focus on what you want to accomplish this year. Focus on what you can do to move those little pebbles on the day to day. And I think that's why a really good example of this is New Year's resolutions. One of the reasons New Year's resolutions don't get accomplished, two, one, because they're usually too big. I'm going to go to the gym every day this year. That's not a good New Year's resolution because you're not capable of that yet. And that's totally fine. So that's part one. And part two, the necessity is based on a date, not on a desire. Those are just drastically different uh, inspirations, motivations, or necessities. So I think of it from the perspective of when you're setting a goal, there's a 3% goal, there's a 33% goal, there's a 66% goal, 99% and 100. A 100% goal is something that you believe within 100% of yourself that you can actually accomplish. Let's start there. What is something you actually feel is humanly possible for you? I want to go to the gym three times a week for the next three months. Awesome. What do we have to do on the day-to-day to make sure that actually happens? Cool. Those are your beginning habits. And then from there, you can kind of build. And if you're somebody that doesn't necessarily go to the gym, maybe it's just putting your shoes on. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> right? But I think in our minds, we equate that to not progress. Yeah. That's that's going from zero to one is the hardest thing. That's a huge amount of progress if you've never done it before. If you can kind of microdose progress, it really, really adds up. I really, Shay, I really think most people have been lied to when it comes to goal setting. They say, if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. I don't think so. I don't think it works that way for most humans because we're already scared of a lot of stuff. The Mm. last thing we need to be afraid of is setting goals. You know, our goals shouldn't really scare us because what scares you, you're not going to work towards usually. So I think it's backwards in a lot of ways. So what is it like? They inspire you. They get you excited. They drive you forward. What would you say? They actually seem humanly possible for you. It's, it's, you're not necessarily setting a goal with the hopes that, wow, I really hope I could do that one day. It's that, but it's also a balance of that's actually something I feel I'm capable of doing. 
there's a there's a book called The Art of Impossible by Stephen Kotler, and he studied the basically the people who did the impossible, companies and humans who did the impossible. And there's this thing called the challenge skills sweet spot where you're outside of your comfort zone, but you're not in mayhem. I think that's a really good understanding for our goals. You're outside of your comfort zone. So it's not something that's just going to be super easy, but it is something that's humanly possible. That's where all the magic is anyway. So yeah, that's what I think of when I think of goals, a, a worthy challenge with a desired result that we actually believe we can get. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm willing to try that on it for a second <laughs> and see if it works. <laughs> right. And then if we go back into the habits, you know, talk about like that 1% improvement that mm. compounds over time. Yeah. So I think a lot of people drastically um, overestimate what they can do in a week and underestimate what they can do in a year, five years, 10 years. So think of it this way you're most likely not going to read uh, a thousand pages a day. It would be really hard to do that. I mean, if you're a full-time reader, maybe that's what you're going to do. But if you were to read 10 pages a day for the year, that's 3,500, uh, 3,650 3, pages. Yeah. yeah. Don't do math. Don't do math live on camera. How many, how many books is that? Depends, right? That could be 10 books, but we don't think about, well, 10 pages a day. That's nothing. It's nothing once, right? It's not going to add up if there's nothing to add on to. But it is everything if you can do it long enough. We we just recorded our 1,390th episode. We didn't do that today. We've done that every day for the last however many years. That's all it is. It just adds up over time. And to your point about compounding, yeah, it it multiplies on itself. So there's the, the old analogy or the old example. Uh, if you could get a million dollars today, or I give you a penny that doubles every day for 31, what would you take? The vast majority of people, understandably so, are going to say, give me the mill. I want the, the million right now. And a penny that doubles every day for 31, I think it ends up at $10.4 million, Ooh. right? Because one goes to two, four, eight, 16, 32, 64. That's the, the power of compounding. Now, are you going to get you know, twice as good every day? No, but 1% right? 1% is five pages a day, one workout a day, one message to a client, um, one date night with your partner, 15 minutes with your children. That's all 1% improvements. I just don't know if we understand the importance of those over the long run. Mm -hmm. That compounding effect. Yeah. I love that. Now you mentioned a date night with your partner, hanging out with your kids. Um, would you share, cause I, I believe you have something that's called the five buckets when it comes yes. to relationships. Would you share a little bit about that? Yeah. So we, I had a lot of friends growing up and now this really makes sense. But at one point I asked myself, are the people in my life, the best from my past or the best for my future? Are the people in my life just in my life? Cause they've always been in my life or are they actually helping me? get to where I want to get to. So we there we there was something called the three buckets and we kind of built on that. So just think of this if you're watching or listening, I want you to have a name for each bucket. And it'll make sense when I say it. So the first bucket is nostalgia. The nostalgia bucket, these are people who you see once a year. You might see them at family gatherings, graduations, whatever it is. Right? They're just nostalgia. They're mostly from your past. The second bucket is maintenance. Maintenance people are 
they're people that you spend time with, but you don't necessarily expect to learn or grow. They might have similar memories, but they don't necessarily have similar core goals, um, core aspirations, core values, core beliefs as a human being. The third bucket is mentee. So these are the people that you are mentoring, right? These are the people that look up to you. These are the people that value you enough to allow you to teach them. That's great. It's great to have people in that bucket. The bucket after that is growth. So these are the people who are on the mission with you. You can call them up and say, hey, I'm struggling with this. Any advice? They have the same or similar struggles to you. Same core values, same core aspirations, same core beliefs, right? You want to surround yourself with these people. And then there's the wisdom bucket. These are people who they're 10 to 15 years ahead of you. And their day-to-day is your dream life. We were blessed to have many mentors who were just way ahead of us. And it allowed us to kind of speed up. So my thought process and my question for you out there is, what side of that scale is heavier? If you're surrounded by people who are nostalgia and maintenance, it's holding you back most likely from your future. If you're surrounded by people who are in your growth bucket and your wisdom bucket, you're going to grow very, very, very quickly. But you're also most likely going to outgrow some people in those other buckets. So just the understanding of that this is one of the reasons growth is so hard because not everybody's going to do it and not everybody should do it at the rate you do it, right? We all have going back to goals. We all have different goals. So this is something that just really helped me because it allowed me to understand that I should probably reallocate time from nostalgia and maintenance and put that into mentee growth and wisdom. And honestly, that's one of the best things I did because I didn't have a lot of anchors in my life. I had a lot of engines and that really, really was helpful. I love that. Just even thinking and conceptualizing the different buckets. Um, And do you feel that it's important to have at least one person in each of the buckets to even you out? Or do you have it like mainly in three buckets? It depends. It it really depends on the person. This is where coaching and, and giving advice can get dangerous, right? Because it depends on where you are. If you're someone who values the nostalgia bucket, if you value relationships more than growth, you should probably have nostalgia and maintenance. If you're somebody who values at the highest level growth and contribution and you want to get better every day, you're going to need wisdom and growth. It really depends on what you want out of life, right? The the end product depends on the ingredients, but the ingredients depend on what the end product is desired anyway. So yeah, I would say it's it's very, very personal, but I would always argue that having one more mentee, one more person in your growth bucket or one more person in your wisdom bucket can't be a bad thing. <laughs> That's yeah, what I would especially, say. you know, since the majority of our listeners are are entrepreneurs, right? And yes. they're success minded and they're growth minded and you know they lean that direction. Um and maybe the relationships on the other couple of buckets kind of go to the side. Yeah. more so than the other way but i think it's it it probably goes back to the habits and your goals of what it is that you're looking to do let's say for that year you know mm-hmm. it might be a year that you want to focus more on the nostalgia bucket for whatever reason yeah. right mm-hmm. yeah or like seasons right mm-hmm. holiday seasons probably going to be pretty heavy nostalgia maintenance that's okay there's there's nothing wrong with that as long as you decide that's what's aligned for you. 
that's the most important thing is deciding what's best for you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So talking about what's best for you, um, would you share the difference between self-belief and self-worth? My goodness. Yeah. So this is, this is something that's been very interesting, impactful, and challenging for me to look in these mirrors. So self-belief from my perspective is one's own belief in their ability to figure something out, to create a result, to replicate a result, right? To make something happen. So, uh, you know, on a scale of one to 10, how much do you believe you could um, hang that picture up? Uh, Level four. I've never really done it. I don't know how to use a drill. I don't know. Okay, cool. Totally understandable. Self-worth is a different monster completely. I think it is one's own understanding of their importance in the world. Now, that is a very fine line because immediately people think like, well, I don't know. I don't think my importance should be based on somebody else's opinion of me. I totally agree. But here's the thought process. I ask, I use this analogy. I say, okay, I want you to imagine that you just built the most magnificent castle, the most magnificent business. You're making all the money you want. You have your dream relationship. You have your dream family of all the amazing things you've been working so hard for. On a scale of one to 10, how much do you feel you actually deserve them? And how much do you actually feel like you belong in that new life? And what I found, Shay, is many people will say, oh, I don't feel like I deserve that at all. It's not a self-belief issue. That's a self-worth issue. Mm -hmm. That understanding for me, I thought I didn't believe in myself. I had low self-worth. I didn't think I was valuable. I didn't think I was worthy. I didn't think I deserved success. I never understood why people were afraid of success. That's one of the reasons. I never knew that was a thing in the beginning. Mm -hmm. I thought that's why everybody was doing this, right? My fear is failure. But then I started to understand, oh, interesting. If you've been talked down to for your entire your entire childhood, what happens? You attract potentially negative people into your life and you don't filter them out. They treat you badly. That hurts your self-worth. Then you start expecting that. So every time that negativity happens, you actually attract it and that hurts your self-worth. It hurts your self-worth. And eventually you get to the point where you don't think you're worthy of a positive relationship, a, a new client, raising your prices, whatever it may be. And that perpetuates the cycle. That has been a very interesting thing to, to just learn and see by just studying people over the last six years. I've seen a lot of that and now it really makes sense. That's fascinating. So is that like a lot of the learning? Is it through your podcast? Is it, you know, the 10 pages a day that you're reading? <laughs> Where's where it coming from? A lot of it is the podcast because right now we do an episode every day, right? So it's like, I'm always having these conversations, but it always starts with me trying to figure out what it means to me first. I don't want to talk about something that I don't understand about myself because if so, I'm a hypocrite and I'm probably not going to be able to add that much value. So a lot of it has just been deep conversations behind the scenes with my business partner, who's my mentor and has been for a long time. What we talk about on the podcast I've coached, I don't know, I've done thousands of coaching calls at this point and then the learning. So it's just kind of everything, but it's that, it's that initial curiosity of, I really want to figure out as much as I can about me. Because when I understand myself at a deeper level, I can kind of understand shade at a deeper level. And then together we can understand the listener at a deeper level and everything kind of makes a little bit more sense. So yeah, it's, it's, everything's connected, but it all initially started with, I want to be hyper-conscious. Right, that was the, the name of the podcast in the beginning. I want to be acutely aware of why I think the way I think. Okay. 
Now you mentioned uh, kind of a keyword for me, like behind the scenes. Mm. Uh, so when we're running and producing events, we see a lot of the behind the scenes of mm. what's happening with people's businesses and what's not happening with people's businesses. And, you know, it's, it's very fascinating to see the systems and the structure and the team and everything that kind of comes together. Um, I would be curious to kind of hear some of your guys's behind the scenes of growing the podcast and what, you know, what has worked for you, what hasn't worked for you, um, gaining clients out of it and anything that you would like to share kind of behind the scenes as part of your growth journey and how you are creating impact in the world. Yeah. The first thing I always try to say is we have treated this like a business long before we had business results. So right now we have a 17 person team. There are not many podcasts that have that large of a team just because we're just so much more than a podcast, but not a lot of people see that. So yeah, that's one thing is treat whatever you're doing like a business long before it is one, because eventually you probably want it to be one. That's probably why you started it. Uh, The other thing that is very behind the scenes that most people would never know, we have built all of this on -on one-on-one relationships with our audience. So I send messages to people on Instagram. I used to give out my phone number and do FaceTime calls with our community just because I wasn't coaching at that time. I didn't have any offerings. A lot of what we built is just, I want to connect with the human being. Mm -hmm. And most people will never see that because if they're not listening, they're not going to know that. That's been a very, very important thing for us. And then I would just say the behind the scenes are, I work a lot harder than you'd probably think just because there's so much going on. You know, there's business meetings for different departments and I'm on seven or eight other shows a week, right? There's just a lot. There's so much going on in a growing business that it's not as glamorous as you might think. Yes, I get to show up in the studio and do awesome podcasts like this and I'm eternally grateful for that but I was already on four meetings today that weren't fun. And we're talking about numbers and metrics and growth and percentages and most important win, most important improvement. Like that gets boring after a while. And then I just, in terms of the clients, I don't know. We, we have a very, I I don't want to say unique, but sometimes it feels unique. We have a very unique approach that I do what's best for the client, not for myself. Mm -hmm. I'm not super worried about, creating stuff that's not scalable right now. You can, I'll figure that out down the road. I'm okay with putting, putting in the hard yards for a long period of time, but I just want to make sure whatever I'm doing is not coming from what's easiest for me. It's coming from what's most valuable to the end user. I think that's a very good perspective to have, especially early in the business, because that's, that's what's most important anyway. Yeah. Yep. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, this has been a wealth of information and knowledge, and I know you guys recently um, hosted your own event um, and are going to be pulling something together out of that that mm. is going to be a gift for our audience. Is that yes. right? Can yes, yes. Absolutely. So what we did, we had 4K footage, we had multiple cameras, we had videographers, a whole thing. And we said, well, we're going to record this whole thing. And what we'll do is we'll break it into an online course and it'll have different modules. It'll have worksheets. We'll have some takeaways from the breakout sessions we did. And we said, you know what? We'll give it away for free because there's a lot of people who couldn't go. We have a lot of people around the country. Why not give it away for free? So it's going to be up on our website. Next Level Live 2023 is the current name. Shay and I talked. It's not real yet, but it will be when you're listening to this. So it's in production as we speak. 
our entire brand is level up your life, love, health, and wealth. We're a very holistic, well-rounded approach to self-improvement. So that is what you can expect from our live now repurposed course. Which is just very generous in the first place. So normally um, you'll see event hosts out there will sell the recordings um, and you guys are gifting it. So I, we will definitely have the link in the show notes for you to go ahead and pick that up and enjoy, you know, the, the self-awareness and the relationships and the habits and all of the different topics that you ended up speaking about in that event. So I appreciate it. Super grateful for that lovely gift. Uh, My last question for you. Mm. What would you say is a takeaway or a memorable note that you would like to leave our audience with today? I would say from day to day, progress is invisible. We're talking about habits, right? Mm-hmm. From year to year, it's impossible to miss. We we just get so caught up in the day to day that we forget, you know, maybe five years ago, you were dreaming about the problems you have today. And maybe five years from today, you'll be grateful for the problems that you have because they're they're higher quality problems. That just the time perspective around this whole thing, this whole life thing, that is uh, that is what I would like to leave people with. Just the understanding that from day to day, you're not going to see much change, but from year to year, you're definitely going to see change. Beautiful. Well, thank you, Kevin, so much for being a part of our show today. And I want to thank you all for listening and joining us on another episode of Creating Powerful Impact. I'm excited for you to take all the lessons, all the resources that you've learned here, start implementing them so that you can create even more impact in your world. Until next time, have an outstanding rest of your day. Take care.